Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, by natural food but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What uh, physical food is to your body, God's word is to your spirit. And you need to eat on a regular basis or you become deficient, you become weak. Physically, you can get to where you just can't even function if you don't eat something, if you don't get some kind of nutrition. Spiritually, uh, you can just get weaker and weaker, and that's when people are weak spiritually, that's when everything just seems overwhelming to them. Everything seems too hard, too far, too much. Uh, and it's not because it's so big and so terrible because other people are overcoming similar things. It's not because the need is so big or the problem is so great, it's because faith is so weak. Faith is non, not even there sometimes. No faith. And um, your faith will be weak or strong depending on what you're listening to, depending on what you're watching, thinking about, and depending on if you'll dare to step out and use your faith, exercise it some. And so when we're talking about, you know, Scripture said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's not just scriptures about faith or scriptures about believing. That's all the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing all of the Word because, like we talked about in previous classes, faith is not a formula. It's living trust in the living God. Well, everything He says reveals something about Him and about truth and about life and existence and whether it's the enemy or uh, his will or his spirit or his church or the list goes on and on and on. So it's not just hearing messages about faith that give you faith. It's just hearing everything that God has said. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom and let's, let's hear some more of his words. Lord, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing and the utterance and a hearing ear and a seeing eye and an understanding heart. Asking you, Lord, for the quickening of your spirit and your life-giving words that you know we need right now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In Hebrews 3... Let's look again. We've been talking about overcoming unbelief. We've been going one by one through it's actually 
there's 10 and then there's another five after Kadesh Barnea. So some 15 of these individual events that are referred to in Hebrews 7 that are called unbelief. Hebrews 3.7 says, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Everybody said out loud, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. As in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years. Testing God is not trusting God. Challenging Him to prove something to you, and then you'll decide if you're going to believe it or not. That's not faith. People say, well, seeing is believing. Absolutely not. No. Faith is when you don't see. Right? You don't see. If you already see it, it's too late for faith. For that particular thing, right? (laughs) And the Bible contrasts sharply, said, we don't walk, we walk by faith, not by sight. Is that right? Big difference between the two. We look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. What you see is subject to change. Now that's good news too, right? Because if it went from good to bad, you know it can change. Right? If it went from good to bad, why can't it go from bad to good? Hmm? Say it out loud. If I can see it, it can be changed. Hallelujah. It can be changed. And the way it's changed is by God, uh, His power, and by faith in God. And nothing's too hard. It is po- The things that you have been told are impossible. They're not impossible with God. They are possible. You might have been told, you know, it's, it's in, and, and it depends on the culture. In some languages, in some culture, they use that word impossible a lot. <laughs> and uh, I don't like it, but it's not my job to correct everybody. But I, I've been numerous places, other countries and languages, and people look at you and you just ask for some, sometimes a simple thing. And they go, oh, oh, that's impossible. That's impossible. And I'm like, mm. I, I immediately, <laughs> immediately I'm thinking, no. With God, all things are possible. And even looking at them, if you'd just try a little harder, I think we could do this. You know? But I'm telling you, it's a cultural thing. People are saying, have you traveled much? You'll hear people go, oh, impossible. That's impossible. No, I'm sorry. That's impossible. Well, the enemy, that's one of his favorite words, right? To try to put on you, and oh, you're so far behind. That's impossible for you to ever catch up. No, this disease is so bad, it's impossible for you to live a normal life. No, you, you, you and, and your spouse have had so much trouble, it's impossible for y'all to ever have a normal marriage relationship again. You need to you need, hear stuff like that, you need to just speak right up and go, liar, liar. There's a liar around, there's a liar somewhere trying to tell me lies. <laughs> Try it out, I say, shut up, liar. Shut up, liar. Shut up. Shut up. What? What? Trying to tell you it's impossible that you can't be healed, you can't recover, you can't come out good financially, you can't be restored in a relationship. Said out loud again, lies. 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 I reject these lies. 
all things are possible with my God and all things are possible to them that believe and I believe. So the moment you decide to believe, guess what? It became possible. Does that make you happier? Does it, it became possible. 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 Now, I'm not telling you to shout liar when somebody tells you impossible. No need in being rude. But inside you, you can say it. Is that right? Inside you, you can go, liar, liar. No, no. <laughs> so uh, he said, don't let what happened to them happen to you. It was an evil heart of unbelief. Don't harden your heart. Every time something comes up, some kind of challenge comes up, that's an opportunity to demonstrate your faith and trust in God. If you make the wrong choice, if you're having a bad day, and instead of making the choice to trust God, you yield to the flesh, you cry and feel sorry for yourself. You get mad and blame other people. You do some of the same junk they did. It's not the end of the world if you're willing to repent. Is that right? If when you realize it. And, and depending on how young you are spiritually and how much word you got in you and, and depending on who you're hanging around and what you're listening to. You can slip back into it. But when you realize that I've made the wrong choice, I've been acting foolishly here. I've been doing some of that same stupid stuff we talked about in faith school for months. You know, what do you do? Don't harden your heart. Is that right? Yes. And if somebody points it out to you and goes, oh, you know, do you want to be saying all that? You know, do you really want to be complaining like that? Don't, don't harden your heart and look at them and go, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Huh? Who put you in charge? Made you the Holy Ghost police telling me. <laughs> Can you see why he keeps saying, don't do that. Don't, don't harden your heart. Your flesh doesn't like it. It can be embarrassing when you see how much you've messed up, how much of in unbelief and fear you have been. But how do you come out? Not by denying it, not by arguing with God about it. What do you do? You admit it. Is that right? Yes. You admit it and you go, that's right. Yeah, Lord, forgive me. I know better than that. What am I doing? I've been looking at the wrong thing. I've been listening to the wrong thing. Lord, forgive me. See, that's the opposite of hardening your heart. Can you see that? That's humbling yourself. That's having a tender heart. And that kind of person will get grace. God gives his grace to the humble. He gives his help to the humble. Their big mistake was not uh, fearing a couple of times or even ten times. Their big mistake was not slipping up and being disrespectful a few times, slipping up 
and blaming somebody or being unthankful, that wasn't their big mistake. Their big mistake was being unwilling to repent, unwilling to change. And instead of when they saw it, humbling themselves and repenting, they just hardened themselves, hardened their heart. And why the, why the Lord keeps saying that? Because he doesn't want you or anybody destroyed. He's not willing that anybody be destroyed. But he knows if you won't repent, you're headed toward destruction. There will come a point where you hit the wall head on. The scripture says in Proverbs, he that being often reproved and stiffens his neck, and see, hardens, he'll be destroyed suddenly. And that without remedy. There'll be no fixing it. Why? What was the problem? Not that God wouldn't forgive. Not that you had missed it more than once. Tell me the, tell me the problem, class. What? Won't repent. Won't, won't humble yourself. Won't acknowledge. Like we've said, anytime you're faced with that you've messed up, you've failed, you've sinned, you failed, you made a mistake. You got a choice. You're at a fork in the road now. You see it. You know you messed up. You will do one of two. You'll either humble yourself and admit it and repent. That's the people that get grace and help. Or you'll harden yourself and won't admit it and resist. And, and a lot of times you'll see people blaming others in that same, instead of, you know, taking any responsibility and being willing, blame, blame, blame. And that's how these guys got to this place in number 16. They are full on against Moses and Aaron. Why? They're blaming them for their current situation. They're blaming them that they are still in the desert. They're blaming them that they're not in, promise, in the promised land. Is that honest? That's dishonest. Mm -hmm. Whose fault is it? Huh? Did, did, are they still in the desert because Moses gave them bad information? Huh? No. No, Moses has been pleading with them, right? The whole time as God's spokesman, don't do that. Do this, listen to God, obey God. They wouldn't do it. So whose fault is it that they're still in a dry, barren, bleak subsistence? Huh? Burning up in the day, freezing at night, no grocery stores around, no shopping malls. Is that right? Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? God's fault. We just don't understand why. He chose this way. For, no, it's not God's fault. God's fault is that they are, God's plan is that they already be in the promised land. They already be taking it. Is it their God chosen leaders? Moses and Aaron fault. Why am I talking about this? Is this kind of thing going on today? I assure you. There are millions that are so unhappy with their life. They are, you know, they're, they're so tired of being tired and disappointed. And they feel like, I'm, I'm, I should be at a different place in my life by now. I should have more. I should be, I'm, I'm so bored and I'm, I'm so dis, 
illusioned and so discouraged and, 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 and whose fault, you reckon, is it? Reckon whose fault? It is. When people say, I just feel like there's more. You know why you feel like there's more? Because there's more. <laughs> That's why. Well, it's not my fault. You sure? Are you sure? Well, I'm doing everything I know. I doubt that, seriously. <laughs> and even if so, maybe you just don't know enough. Right? I mean, there's several components to this, but I tell you whose fault it's not. It's not God's fault that you are unfulfilled. Never. What the problem is, is an unwillingness to take responsibility. An unwillingness to admit it, that you made a wrong mistake. You didn't listen to God. He told you to go to church. You wouldn't go. He told you to get in there and serve. Somebody made you mad and you quit. He told you to, to get this job and keep it. No, you didn't like that. And so now you're on your eighth job out of the will of God. He told you to believe God and work it out. And, but no, you splintered off and you split and you quit and you blamed. And that's how people wind up 20 years later, 30 years later, broke, sick, confused, out of the will of God. This happened with them for 40 years. Isn't that right? And when, when that's going on, you can't be happy out of the will of God. Now, you can try to make yourself happy, but you can't be. You can't be happy in this bleak subsistence. When God's will was houses, lands, orchards, Vineyards, beautiful, freedom, blessing. And what are you living in? Dry, <laughs> burning, bleak, nothing rich, nothing enjoyable, nothing good. What? Whose fault is it? You'll find millions are blaming God. And then you'll find they're also blaming other people. They wouldn't help me. And they didn't do me right. And they this and they could have done and should have done. Wouldn't do. No. Help, help me out class. How do you get this fixed? Come on help me out. Help me out. Don't harden your heart. See you, you don't have to ask. You can see it on people's face. The jaw set. The anger. The bitterness. When they talk about things, they've hardened their heart. Not just against people and situation, against God. There are millions of people mad at God. And you're, you're being a fool if you are. God's your answer. He's your help. Getting mad at Him is like shooting yourself in the foot. Is that right? I'm so mad that God shoot the other foot. Pow! <laughs> You're mad because this foot is hurting, so you shoot the other foot. <laughs> now you're laughing, but it is just that stupid. I'm so mad because I've messed up my life that I hate God. Huh? Doesn't make sense. Was God their problem? Was Moses their problem? Was Aaron their problem? 
Moses had stood in the gap for them, interceded for them, put himself in jeopardy for them. They didn't have a better friend than Moses. And yet, they decide he's our problem. He's got to go. Moses has got to go. Are, are, are you there in number 16? Number 16, this, this group gathered together against Moses and Aaron, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, 250 of the princes. And they gathered themselves, verse 3, against Moses and Aaron, and they said, you take too much on you, seeing all the congregation is holy. Let me read this to you from some other translations. About, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, about six different translations worded this way. So they came as a group and opposed Moses and Aaron, and they said to them, you have gone too far. You've gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord's with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? They're accusing Moses and Aaron of being self-serving, of lording it over the people, self-promoting. Now Jesus talks about this. He, he, he talks about that if you exalt yourself, you'll be abased. You remember him saying that? But if you'll humble and, and, and abase yourself, you'll be exalted. The Lord's not opposed to you being exalted. He's opposed to you doing it. Y'all with me, class? In fact, the Lord wants to lift you. Didn't the Bible say, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may what? Huh? That he may exalt you in due time. He wants to lift you up. He wants to promote you. He wants to advance you. But he does not want you trying to do it. Hmm? And he will do it in due season, which is almost always later than your flesh <laughs> huh? and your ego wants it to be. But see, the Lord knows when promoting you is too soon, when you haven't learned the lessons yet, and it'll go to your head, huh? and you'll think, your big stuff. The Lord knows. So he's not going to do anything with you that's going to hurt you. And that's going to take you away from him. So he'll do things the right way. At the right time. And the right place. But it's not all independent of you and me. We have to listen. We have to pass tests. We have to obey. Is that right? We have to believe. We have to be faithful. And if it takes you a long time to decide to obey, you're pushing off your promotion. <laughs> huh? And if you won't listen, you just pushed it off another year. Huh? And if you won't be faithful, you pushed it off another five years. Come on, are you listening? 
And that's when people get mad and get bitter and go, I've been doing this for X amount of time. And, and, and why haven't I achieved this? Or, or why don't they acknowledge me? Or why haven't they given me this place? And, and when, that's why. <laughs> right there. You think it's owed to you? You think you deserve it? That's pride. That's, that's not humility. Uh, the Bible tells us that what happened with Moses and Aaron was because of envy. Go to Psalm, the 106th chapter, please. Psalm 106. You know, uh, numerous passages in Psalms about what happened with them in, uh, in the desert and their deliverance and all these things. This is one of them. Psalm 106, 16. They envied Moses in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. Now, if you look at the, the whole passage, you might say saint, the saint of the Lord. Uh, remember, Aaron was the one under pressure that made the golden calves. You remember that? Really messed up. And more than one mistake we're told about Aaron. And yet, he, this says the saint of the Lord. Uh, the word saint means holy. Holy. And what this whole passage in number 16 is about is God's choice. And you'll find when they came and challenged Moses and Aaron and said, Who do you think you are? All of us are holy. Well, uh, the Moses fell on his face, and, and I know what part of what he's doing. He's seeking God. What do I do? He's concerned about them being judged, rightly so. And he said, he, he's seeking God. What do I do? What do I do? And the Lord told him what to do. He got up, and he said, okay, uh, you get you censers to bring incense. Only the priests, Aaron, Aaron and his sons, only them were supposed to do this. Get it, bring it out here, and the Lord will show who he has chosen and who is holy. That's why it uses this term, saint, holy. What does it mean? Not because of everything Aaron said and did. It's because God chose him. God anointed him. When God chooses and uses, it makes that holy. Right? Whether it was a sacrifice or a tabernacle or a human being, a vessel, God's choice and God's use makes it special, makes it holy. And Moses was chosen of God, used of God, and for that they envied him. Verse 16, they envied Moses in the camp and Aaron the saint of the Lord and the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram and a fire was kindled in their company and the flame burned up the wicked. Why? Because they rejected God's choice. They disrespected the holy. Uh, Aaron was holy. Moses was holy. How many remember the scripture said, touch not my anointing? Huh? Not because human beings are perfect, it's because if God chose them, if He used them, I'm going to respect that. 
Is that right? No matter how many mistakes they made, God chose them for a reason. Say it again. I respect God's choice. Always. Hallelujah. Our time's up again today. There's more to see. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 